Welcome to Inside Situation, a bi-weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having inside the agency with our coworkers, our clients, and our partners. I'm Peter Ejisic, and I'm joined by Lauren Bailey. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. And we have another one of our coworkers joining us today, Justin Dewey. Hi, Justin. Hello. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited and nervous to be here. Oh, don't be nervous. It's going to be great. Um, so, so the reason we brought Justin into the podcast today, uh, we want to try something a little bit different. Uh, we, over the past few weeks, over the past month, we've, uh, we've had a number of conversations with our situation teammates about projects that we're working on for clients. And today we wanted to mix it up a bit and talk a little bit about what it's like to actually work here at the agency. And we thought who better to talk to than Justin, although we just recently learned that Justin will be leaving us to go to grad school very soon. Justin, is this true? It is true, yes. No. Don't go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've already paid them. (laughs) Well, then you probably should go. (laughs) And you're going to be leaving us at the end of August or middle of August? Is that true? August 19th is my last day here. That's the last day. Mm. Well, we're terribly sad to see you go, but we, we really wanted to bring you into the podcast so that we could get a little bit of... Uh, inspiration from you about what it was like to to work in situation mm-hmm. and kind of how that inspired you to to want to pursue a career in digital marketing and um, yeah uh, so so first of all start off by telling us when did you start at situation and, and what was your title when you came in uh, I started at situation about fifteen months ago uh, May of two thousand fourteen and I was and still am the executive assistant to Damien the president of the company and what were you doing before you got the gig at situation. Uh, before Situation, I was working at Broadway Inbound, which is part of the Schubert organization, uh, and I was their office assistant. And what made you, what, what were the things about the, the job description that made you interested in possibly working here? Um, okay, to answer that, I feel like I need to go back a little farther. Um, sure. So I originally came to New York five, ye- five years ago, wow, uh, to be a playwright. Um, and I it was working... I was interning at Abrams Artist Agency in their lit department. Uh, I was trying to be a playwright. I was bartending. And I quickly realized that I didn't want to be a playwright. Um, not because I didn't love writing, but because it was just a lifestyle. Even if you are a successful playwright, it's a certain lifestyle that I just didn't want. There's an instability to it that I wasn't comfortable with. And so then I had to like decide, okay, so what's the, the thing I love most about playwriting? It's like storytelling. And it's like, so how can I take this idea? Like I want to be a storyteller in some way and make a career out of it that's still in the arts. Uh, and that's when I took an internship in marketing at the Lark Play Development Center, where they view marketing as a way to advocate for playwrights and what the players are trying to say. Uh, and that's how I kind of got into marketing, was this idea of, like, I want to be a storyteller, I want to advocate for playwrights and, and the importance of theater today. Um, and so from there, I went and worked at the Pearl Theater Company off-Broadway for a while in audience services, uh, and that's how I got to Schubert, because I was like just working my way up the ladder. Uh, and at Schubert, one thing that was hardest for me is that we weren't the distance between like a playwright and and the the theater itself and the organization is so distant. Uh, and so I quickly realized that it just wasn't a sustainable environment for me uh, as a creative. And so I saw this job open up at Situation, uh, and Situation for me was. And I had experienced them because Broadway Inbound and, and uh, Institution work together in some aspects. And uh, there's such an 
an importance put on not only storytelling, but how you're telling the story in different ways, whether it is via Twitter or an event or eventizing something. And so that aspect really drew me to the company. And what was interesting is like a lot of the duties were similar to what I was doing at Broadway Inbound, but in a completely different environment. And just that environment change like really shifted my focus, but also just how much I was enjoying the job. Can I ask um, how much the actual job description and the way it was written had any influence on? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, in my cover letter, I referenced what Spice Girl I would want to be <laughs> or what Spice Girls I was. And I think I said, I was either, I think it was a posh. I think it's, no, maybe it was ginger. I was either posh or ginger because <laughs> that's, maybe it was sporty. I don't know. But uh, when you're, when you're applying for jobs and you're working on the ground, you can often recycle a lot of materials. But for situation, like the job descriptions were written in such a way that it became so much fun for me just to apply to the job itself. <laughs> uh, like to actually address these things. And there's very like practical things like, are you comfortable booking travel? Of course I am. You know, like, but also it's like, what spice school are you? Like, like, what is the best part of waking up in the morning? Like, those are questions that aren't often asked in a job description or in an application process. And that was very, in, like, it indicated a lot of things to me. Like, this is a company that I could work for and I'd be very happy working for. I think that's one of the things that, that really comes from the top down with Amy. And I remember uh, when I first was interviewing uh, to work here, you know, he asked, he asked some very quest questions that I never heard before in a job description as well. I don't think yeah. it was the Spice Girl one necessarily, but, you know, just thought-provoking questions. I remember one specifically was, what don't you want to be doing? Which I thought, you know, I, I'd never had anybody ask me that before. Like, you, usually you're kind of, you know, you want to say all the right things in a job description, mm -hmm. in a job interview. But uh, I think to, to kind of go and, and look at it and find, discover somebody as a person, that's really something that's unique. Yeah, and it also kind of gave me license to really just have fun, you know? Like, I, I feel like a lot of times when you're applying for a job, you don't feel like you're able to, you feel like you need to mask some aspects of your personality, and the way that the job description is written, it's like, no, 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 we don't want that. We want to know those aspects, like, what's going to set you apart from everyone else, and this is how, like, we, we can see that, Uh and so, yeah, so I just, like, had a, a lot of fun with it, you know? And there is a balance there. There is a balance between being completely silly in, in a cover letter and saying, but I can still do these things, and these are my transferable skills. There's a huge balance to that act, but, uh, no, like, bringing that up, yeah, that's some, the way the job was written to me was also something that drew me to it. Mm -hmm. And did you find, uh, I, I don't think, based on places that I've worked before, that uh, an executive assistant role at Situation really is similar to any uh, any other place that might have that job description. Did you find when you actually started working here that it, the job was what you expected, or what was something that surprised you about it? So initially, yes, the job is what I, I expected, um, and it quickly shifted to something I didn't expect at all. Um, so whenever I, when I started at Schubert and when I, when I started here, like, the first thing I had to do was establish trust between myself and Damien. Like that's the assistant's number one goal is I want to make sure that Damien trusts me not only with, with confidentially matters, but also like to know that like if he is going someplace, like I'm giving him all the information that he needs. Or like if he says like can bring this up later that I will bring it up later and it's not on my list. So like just establishing that communication. And so initially it was a lot of like scheduling, booking travel, itineraries, like that sort of thing. And just doing those things, focusing on them and doing them very well and really uh, developing the communication style that I have with Damien. 
um, our communication style is, I'm sure, different than what yours is with him and because they service different needs. And so initially, that was very much like this is what an executive assistant does at any job. Quickly, though, you know, Damien started asking me, it's like, so what are you interested in? Like, where do you see yourself going? He's like, I don't expect anybody to be an executive assistant for the rest of their lives. And moreover, he didn't want somebody who wanted to be an executive assistant the rest of their lives. And he made that clear in my interview process as well. He's like, you know, your first your first priority is being my assistant, but that's not going to be your only priority. Uh, and so with that, like, initially it was a lot of doing a lot of the social channels and managing the social channels and a lot of the newsletters. But uh, I quickly discovered that there was another project of his, which is a situation project. And I became very interested in that and working with that. And so I started to insert myself a little more into those roles uh, as those opportunities um, arose. But the thing that surprised me the most about being the executive assistant at situation is that the title is applicable, but I don't really feel like an executive assistant. I feel, I don't know, like an ambassador of the, of the social brand and also just like an ambassador of the values of the company. I feel like that's my priority is really just being a mouthpiece for Damien's thoughts and what's going on with the company to our clients and to our staff. Um, because, you know, Damien is a busy guy and he's traveling a lot you know, and he's in meetings a lot. And so I just want people to feel comfortable coming to me and trusting me that like I have their best interests when scheduling and that sort of thing. But also that my attitude towards what's going on in the company is also Damien's attitude that's going on in the company. So that involves a lot of like, what are we saying on Facebook? And what are we saying on Twitter? And what are we saying on LinkedIn and our newsletters? Because I help out with a lot of those. But also it's like, yeah, uh, I don't even know, but I'm at almost every social event that we have in the company. Not one because I generally enjoy hanging out and being at those social events, but also it's a way for me uh, to relay what Damien is thinking and what he's doing, but also relay what everyone else is thinking and doing back to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't know, like I'm an executive assistant, but in my heart, my title is ambassador of the social good of the company. <laughs> <laughs> So can you tell me in a nutshell, what is Situation Project? Yes, absolutely. Um, So the Situation Project is now a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Um, We just got that status within the last year. But we we work to bring high-performing, underserved students to Broadway. And so we have just started with one school, MS343, but now we are working with four schools um, to bring students who are doing the most academically with the least resources to Broadway. And so they see um, an average of two shows a year. Um, And so we're doing that. And we're also working now to expand that programming to include dance and museums uh, and every other uh, cultural event that we can think of. That's awesome. You know, I think you really, you know, when you started in in the role, you definitely have put your own stamp on it. Uh, And I think you know, one of the things that, that we're truly going to miss about, about having you here is you have, I think you said, uh, you know, you you try to just kind of focus on the details of executing the job well. But then I think you also have the challenge of needing to be respected, whether it's somebody that's coming into the agency for a meeting or, you know, you know, having a, a level of, you know, making sure that things end on time or Damien's in the right place. How do you balance kind of that people person part of your personality with kind of needing to 
kind of make sure that uh, you're getting things done on the time in the time that they need to be done. Um, I, to be cliche, I think there's this idea that um, what's that saying? You catch more flies with honey than vinegar, you know. And I think, um, yeah. So Damien is booked back to back a lot, you know, and. It helps both him, myself, and whoever he's meeting with to know when that time, that a lot of time is, is the end of that's approaching. Um, whether it's, if it's because we need to um, extend that meeting and I have to shuffle things around on the back end of that, or if like it's something that we can we can end then and there. But I think being this like you you these are your words these this warm people person uh, um, to approach that in that way helps make everybody more comfortable because it's, it's, if I were to walk in and say, we have five minutes and then you have to go to this next meeting that kind of puts everybody on edge, you know? Uh, it's like, it's very frantic. It's, it's not a good energy. Um, so to walk in and be like, you know, we have a five minutes left. Do you need more time? You know, that sort of thing. It not only gives me the power to go in and say, this meeting is coming to an end, but it also gives them some power as well to say, oh, no, we can wrap this up, or no, we do need more time. Um, and so it's kind of letting everybody kind of acknowledge the situation and take account of what's going on, because sometimes there is a thought or a beat that has to be fully discussed, and they can't just end it there. Um, or sometimes it's like, let's not go into a new beat or a new discussion because we don't have the time to do that. To set up the present that I guess I'm going to come in towards the end of the meeting and like let people know, like that's something that's like in our culture now. Um, and it, it was kind of in our culture to begin with. Um, and I feel like a lot of people who meet with Damien like know this is this is going to happen. And so they're comfortable with it. It's, it's nothing against them. It's nothing against, you know, time management. Um, just, it's just a process that we have found works well for us. Well, it also it also lets that person who so if you come into a meeting and, you know, say, you need more time. There's a few minutes left. That that instills confidence that when it's they're the one waiting for a meeting, that it's going to happen on time. Mm-hmm. That there's somebody take, respecting their, you know, their time just as much as as you are for everybody else. That you're doing your best to make sure that everybody kind of has you know room yeah. for the conversation. And it also gives that person, if there is something they do need to be, to discuss, and a chance to get that in before the meeting's over. So can you talk about um, the, let's go back to the social channels for mm-hmm. the agency and then you have really embraced kind of being, being one of the primary and in some cases probably the only person posting those social channels. What are you, what are your strategies for going out to the community and finding things that, that would be interesting to post about? Uh, I can put a call out to photos in the daily situation and I know that I'm not going to get any photos back, you know. And so it's it's kind of identifying one or two voices that I think would be interesting for that and going to them specifically. And just kind of outlining, like, this is what I want to do for this and I, this is why I think you'd be good for it. Uh, and usually, like, approaching them on that level, it, I get a great response from that. How intimidating is it, or not, that you are you know, operating these social channels for an agency that operates social channels for uh, our own clients. No, it is terrifying because we want, we, the purpose of our social channels is to show who we are as a company, both socially and the work that we do. And also the mindset that we have in terms of interacting with the rest of our industry and technology. 
but also it's a way for us to showcase what we can do with these channels um, for future and current clients. And uh, that's a little terrifying to think about that, you know, the lowly old exec assistant is running these social channels. Um, And honestly, it displays a lot of trust in Damien and the company to let me do it. Um, Pretty from the... From the get-go, I feel like my second day, I had a meeting with Jordan Busy about social channels. And like later that week, I was running or helping to run them. And soon after that, I was running them on my own. So then why grad school and why now? Why grad school and why now? Um, and this is going to sound backwards, but... Uh, so, and this goes back to what I said at the very beginning. I came in as to New York as a playwright, and um, I quickly learned that I didn't want to be a playwright. And it had nothing to do with my ability of being a playwright. <laughs> uh, or maybe it did. Um, but so I, I got into marketing and I've, I've slowly, like my, my education is in playwriting, dramaturgy, and religious studies, um, which relate to, to storytelling greatly, but not necessarily marketing. Um, and so all I've learned about marketing has been from on the job. And it wasn't until I got to situation that I was able to grasp a full picture of what marketing work looks like, both digitally, but also for the arts. You know, we work a lot with Broadway and a, and a lot of off, like non-Broadway and non-theater clients as well. Uh, and because of that, and because of Jamie's assistance on trusting me to do my job and to trust me to take risks, uh, I felt like I'm at the point now where I, I finally have an idea of like, what I can do with with my life and my career and my my skills and I told Damien when I, I was like in a conversation in his office and I was like practically crying I was like I'm going to grad school um, you know my I would love to go to school and then come back and do something with the situation project like that's something that I've started to work on that I've grown to become really invested in and, and advocate for. Um, but I know that I don't necessarily have the skills to do that. And while I know that, you know, the first thing Damien said was, well, what can we start doing, you know, so you can start gaining some of the skills that you feel like you want to learn here in the company. Um, cause we can go that route, you know, like I, I can, we can do that for you here. And I know that I've, I've, I've been doing this for five years. I've been putting together this, this small marketing education that I have, you know, for five years. And I'm just, I've reached a point where between knowing what I want to do and what I think I kind of, what I can do and where I can go with this, but also just being exhausted, you know, like learning on the job, you know, we, we will always, we will always learn on the job. And if you're not learning on the job, you're not, you're, you're not doing your job successfully, in my opinion. But uh, I just need, I feel like I need to finally take the time to give myself the respect just to go back to school and just, and and focus on it. And also I think the biggest thing is like, I can ask questions and I know that I can ask smart questions. What I struggle with right now is like, um, I'm not exactly always sure where the best resources are, you know? And so like a good example um, with the situation project is like, we have our 501c3 status now, you know, and that's amazing. And it's an amazing organization. And with that status, there's a lot of things that come with that, that, you know, I don't necessarily know where to go to get those answers. I know, and Damien and Maria and everyone else 
will definitely are like, well, we can find those together and we can use together. And, I, and I'm at the point where I want to be the resource and um, I want to be the person that people come to for answers uh, or at least guidance. And I feel like for me right now, the best way to do that is just to go back to school and to get those answers so that it can be a resource. Well, that's incredibly inspiring and incredibly well put. And then I will just say working with you over the past 15 months, you are the kind of person that people want to come to and that, that you can't teach and that you can't learn. Uh, you are either brought up that way, like you said, uh, to be that person or you're not. You can, you can have all the information in the world, but if people don't want to come to you, they're not going to. So you are going to be amazing. And <laughs> it's been wonderful, wonderful getting to work with you as long as we have. And I'm sure, you know, our paths will definitely cross in the future. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, I have no intention of disappearing from Situation Interactive. Like, I have, I have no intention. And, like, um, I mean, I work on a lot of things here. I work on TEDx Broadway and I work on Situation Project and social media. And, like, I have, I have plans for for things that need to, I want to happen within the next two years. And that doesn't mean that because I'm not going to be here, they're not going to happen. Well, Justin, thank you so much for sharing some of your thoughts and your experiences working here. We mm -hmm. are absolutely going to miss you, but like you said, we're not going to be that far away from you. So uh, thanks again for, for giving us your thoughts. And well, thanks for time. inviting. This was fun. Well, before we end the podcast this week, uh, as usual, we want to go around the table and talk about something that we don't think you, our listeners, should miss. So, Justin, why don't we start with you? What's one thing that you would recommend for our listeners? Um, I have, like, several things on a list, but I'll, I'll list just one. Um, and that's going to be the Bryant Park and the Bryant Park branch of the library because they are, like, killing summer activities right now. Uh, you can go to Bryant Park and you can play board games outside you can watch movies outside. You can read a book outside. They have a reading room out there. Um, and it is just everything that I want in an outdoor. Like, I grew up in a place where I need grass and I need a park. And so they're just smashing summer right now. And the New York Public Library branch, that's N. Bryant Park, they have an amazing exhibit right now. Uh, most people don't know that they have a free exhibit year-round um, that you can just go, and it's always so well done. And right now, it's, it's 175 years of photo sharing. So it's 175 years of photos from New York. And if you're looking to be inspired by our city's history and just how rich it is, like, do yourself a favor. Go... Grab yourself a coffee from Coffee that's in Bryant Park now. Go through there and then go play some chess uh, in the park because it is just a beautiful, uh, beautiful exhibit. That sounds awesome. Uh, Lauren, what about you? What, uh, what's your one thing not to miss this week? My thing is that it's not, I don't know if it's new to everyone, but it's new to me and now I'm not going to miss it. It's a weekly video series called Wine About It and it's by Matt Belisai. He works at BuzzFeed and it's amazing. And the premise is he gets <laughs> drunk at work and then complains about things on camera. <laughs> and it's amazing. First of all, I love wine. And if you give me some wine, let me complain about it on, on, on TV, on, on, uh, on video, that would be awesome. And I highly recommend it. Uh, the two I would recommend to watch because I was crying out of laughter where um, why clothes shopping is the worst thing ever. And also, <laughs> um, what uh, The worst type of people on Instagram. It's hilarious. I will second that. It is a great web series. I haven't seen it yet. I'll have to, have to take a look. Uh, so my, my recommendation for the week is, is a podcast, uh, as we sometimes like to do on the podcast. Uh, it's, it's the 
by the trio of brothers that do the My Brother, My Brother and Me podcast, but they have a new one out, relatively new, that's called uh, The Adventure Zone. And it is essentially they sit down with their dad and play Dungeons and Dragons and record it. (laughs) And they've been doing it for a couple of months. And I'm not a real, like, role-playing game fanatic. Like, I have, it's kind of an adjacent interest for me. But listening to them get together and go through the stories and be there with their dad and just crack each other up is is hysterical and it, it's not to be missed. So even if you're not a Dungeons and Dragons fan or don't think you'd like it, uh, the comedy value is very high and, and uh, it's one that I play right away as soon as it comes into my podcast feed. So highly recommend it. Awesome. So that's going to do it for us this week for the podcast. One a huge thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, we really appreciate your feedback. If you want to send us an email, please do to podcast at situation.nyc. I want to thank so much Lauren and thank you, Justin, for being here today. It was really great uh, having a conversation. And Justin, we wish you all the best. Thank you. Pursuits. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye.